0: Today, in continuation of this series, I want to talk about the subject of resetting our attitude. Resetting our attitude. Now, let me ask you a question. How many of you have ever encountered somebody that's ever had a bad attitude? Raise your hand. Yeah, everybody, everybody has, right? How many of you here are sitting next to someone who, no, I won't say, no, I won't do that. I won't do that. No, no, no. But if we're honest this morning, if we're honest today, how many of us here have ever had a bad attitude? Maybe, maybe, maybe you walked into the building today with a bad attitude. Maybe you woke up with a bad attitude. We've all experienced a bad attitude, either from somebody else or from the person standing in the mirror. We have all know what it is to have a bad attitude. Well, today I want to talk on the subject of resetting our attitude or another, phrase, another way we hear that phrase is having an attitude adjustment, if you will. And let me just say that the Bible's pretty clear about attitude. The Bible's pretty clear about the attitude that we should have. And so I want to touch on that this morning. And uh, before I do, let's let's just open up in a passage of Scripture because I want to just kind of lay a foundation for us, if you will, in the book of Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4 if you have your Bible you can turn there or you can follow along on the screen Ephesians chapter 4 we'll begin reading at verse 25 the apostle Paul writing to the church here in verse 25 says this therefore each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor for we are all members of one body in your anger do not sin Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry and do not give the devil a foothold. Anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work doing something useful with their own hands, that they may have something to share with those in need. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ, God forgave you. Amen. What I love about the Bible is that though it is a story of God's love and God's redemptive work to humanity and what he, how, he, how he saved humanity. Ultimately, what we see here, too, is that it, it, it laced in between all the scriptures from Genesis to Revelation. We also see this blueprint for living and how to live life. Like the Apostle Paul here is, is giving us this, this kind of short blueprint for, for how a Christ follower, a follower of Jesus should live in other words, he's addressing here, too, our attitude. He's addressing our way of living in that. But he sums it all up at the, end of this pas- at the end of this passage where he says, Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. So in other words, he's saying we live this way because we acknowledge and recognize what God has done for us. In other words... We're grateful for what God has done for us. So what I present to you this morning in the thought of a bad attitude or what sparks a bad attitude where a bad attitude is birthed from, I would say this, a bad attitude is birthed from a lack of gratitude. You following me? A bad attitude is birthed out of a lack of gratitude. People with bad attitudes are ungrateful. Now, you may say, well, that's that's kind of a harsh thing to say because I'm one that's had bad attitudes before, but I don't ever feel like I've been ungrateful. Well, let's examine this for a moment because the reality is for all of us, much of the reason for our bad attitudes, much of the reason for the way that we act is due to the fact of a lack of gratitude. Let me show you here. John chapter 10, verse 10, Jesus makes this statement. He says, the thief only comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Now, this is Jesus here giving us this, these two descriptions of two people to follow. There's the thief who comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. And Might I tell you this morning that, that the enemy, the devil, who hates your guts, he hates you. He hates me. The devil wants to steal everything good from your life. He wants to destroy everything good that you experience in your life. He hates you that much because the everything that is good comes from God. And so the devil knows that if he can just steal, kill, and destroy and strip you of all that is good, chances are, you can become bitter. Chances are you can become angry. Chances are it can change your whole attitude. And so the devil would love nothing more for us as believers to walk around with bad attitudes. And the way that he do, does that is to get us to lack ingratitude. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. See, one of the reasons why we lack gratitude is because we lack contentment. We lack being content. When you are content, it means you are at peace. You are, uh, uh, you are at peace in the environment. You are happy in the environment. When you are content, well, well the devil wants to do everything he can to rob you of contentment. He wants to do everything he can to rob you of being at peace, to, to rob you of being happy in the environment. And so we, we know this is true because this is how he operates. This is how the devil operates. He, 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 he steals contentment from us. He, he basically uh, organizes these contentment thieves, we'll call them this morning. And one of the contentment thieves that he, he, he sends our way is the thief of comparison the thief of comparison. Comparison will surely rob you of contentment. Let's just be honest. We're always comparing. I have a house, but man, that person down the street has a far nicer house than I do. Oh, I got a car, but man, she's got a far nicer, newer car than, than I do. I've got a job, I've got a career, but oh, they've got a far better job and career than I do. And we begin to compare. And when you begin to compare, you start to lose contentment for where God already has you. When you start to compare, you start to look at what everybody else has and what you don't have. You start to look at the newness of what they have and start to look at the oldness of what you have. And you start to compare. And what happens is that contentment starts to dry up. That contentment starts to leave you. And thus, the bad attitude starts to set in. We lose contentment. Why? Because of these contentment thieves that the devil sends our way. We compare. We compare and let me just be really honest with you. Social media has contributed to this a whole bunch. (laughs) Like just get on Instagram and it's easy to scroll through Instagram and look at what everybody else has and look at their vacations and look at their homes and look at their lives. Oh, if only my family was as happy as theirs is. Oh, if only I could travel just like they travel. Oh, if only I could own what they own. Man, I wish my life was as good as theirs. You lose contentment. And what happens is if we're not careful, when we lose contentment, it turns into coveting. When you covet something, you desire, you wrongfully desire something you want what you don't have. You want what they've got. I want their house. I want their car. I want their career. I want their family. I want their spouse. Ah, I'm not going to go there. That's a whole another thing. But when we compare, then we let that settle. and We let that this kind of stay within us and marinate in us. Well, then that turns into coveting. Now we start wanting what they have. We start wrongfully desiring what they have. And when we compare and when we covet, it's just a contributor to a bad attitude that makes us ungrateful for what we do have. And so this morning... Maybe you fall into the category of comparison. Maybe you fall into the category of coveting. Maybe if we're honest this morning, you could say within yourself, man, you know what? There's moments where I've had bad attitudes and there's moments where I've been ungrateful. There's moments where I've been ungrateful for where I'm at. There's moments where I've been ungrateful, where I haven't seen really what God has really or enjoyed really what God has given me, the family that he's given me, the job that he's given me, the the car that he's given me, the the home that he is giving me. Deuteronomy 7.25 says this, it says, The images of their gods you are to burn in the fire. Do not covet the silver and gold on them, and do not take it for yourselves, or you will be ensnared by for it is detestable to the Lord your God. Again, he says, do not covet the silver or gold on them. Do not covet these things. Do not take it for yourselves or you will be ensnared by it. In other words, you will be trapped in it. And oftentimes what we find is is that these comparisons and these coveting uh, 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 actions that we do, we find that we get trapped by it. And so what I want to do this morning is is in your own life and ask the Holy Spirit to do this for you. But let's let's expose any discontentment that we have in our lives. Let's expose it. Let's just be honest with God this morning. You don't have to tell me. But let's be honest with God. What areas in your life are you discontent with? What areas? Is it material? Is it financial? Are you discontent with your financial situation? Are you discontent with your possessions and your home and your car? I'll be honest, like, and I'm just kind of being transparent here, but like for the past maybe year or so, I'm being careful. I'm be careful. But for the past year or so, We've started looking at houses, right? And the only reason why we're looking at houses is because in our own house, we feel like we're just busting out the seams. We feel like we're just running out of space. We're running out of room. And so what we do is we get on these, these traps where we get on, on these apps where we start looking at homes and we're like, oh my gosh, look at this home. Look at the space. Look at the yard. Look at all these different things. And we're just scrolling through there. Has anybody else other than me ever been there before? Right? You just start looking at things. Well, now you start comparing And then if we're not careful, we can easily start coveting like, oh, I really want their house. The reality is there are moments where we get discontent with our home. Because either we don't feel it's nice enough, we don't feel it's big enough, we don't, all these different, we can just go down the list and begin to list all the things, not realizing that there are people right now that don't even have a roof over their head. And so we start comparing, we start coveting, but we need to expose where are you discontent. So let me ask you, where are you discontent? Where are you comparing? Where are you coveting? Is it material? Is it financial? Is it relational? Are you discontent in your marriage? And because of the discontentment, you start looking at other people's marriages. You start looking at other people's lives. You start saying, man, I really desire that. Is it relational? Is it circumstantial? Or what if, what if it's spiritual? Because this happens within the church, too. We start looking at the lives of other people and it's like, man, I really, really wish I was as spiritual and disciplined as Robert is. We look at people's lives, even within the church, and we say, man, I, I, I look at how spiritual they are. Look, look at how God is blessing them. Look at how God is using them. Oh, I desire that God would use me like that. I could never be used that way. And we start to compare, and we start to feel down and low about ourselves and think, man, God, you would never be able to use me like that. You would never be able to use me the same way you use Nancy. You would never be able to use me the same way you use Robert. And we start to compare, and then we start to covet, and then it just— It just takes shape in us in a form of bitterness, in a form of lowliness. And we get discontent about where God has us. And we become ungrateful. We become those who eventually have a bad attitude. So where are you discontent? Where are you discontent? So in your own life right now, let's just pause for the cause for a moment. Just begin to go down the list in your own mind where you're discontent. Maybe it's one of one of those that I listed here maybe it's something different I don't know what it is only you and God know that but but let's let's ask ourselves the question are we those that at times walk around with bad attitudes because see, here's the thing if you're here this morning say you know I don't really know if I have a bad attitude well ask those that are around you they'll tell you ask your wife ask your husband ask your kids Ask those that are around you the most if you got a bad attitude. They'll tell you. Prayerfully, they'll say it in a nice way. Like, yeah, you know, I didn't really want to say anything, but yeah, you do at times have a bad attitude. But a bad attitude is birth out of a lack of gratitude. And so how do we get this resetting of our attitudes. How do we reset it? How do we just flip it? How do we, God, how, how can we do this? How can I change my bad attitude? I don't want to be one with a bad attitude. And since this is Father's Day, let me just, let me just tell you this, as fathers of your home, for the most part there are many times where you set the atmosphere of your home. When you come home that day, when you come home from work, when you come home from wherever you come home from, there, as, as a spiritual head of your house, you, you set the tone and atmosphere for your home. And so if you come in with a bad attitude and you come in just dark and gloomy, you set that tone for the rest of your house. And that's just me speaking Father to father, man to man. That's just me addressing that way. But 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 you, whatever you are carrying with you, you bring that into your home. The same with, with wives and mothers. However you wake up in the morning. Do you wake up with a bad attitude? Because it could set the tone for the rest of your day. It's time for an attitude reset. It's time for that attitude adjustment. So how do we take the steps for an attitude reset? Well, how do we shift the bad attitude to a good attitude? Well, we've got to have an attitude of gratitude. We've got to become grateful people. And here's where I'll go with this this morning. The first thing we need to do is this. Number one, write this down. You have got To choose contentment. You've got to choose contentment. You've got to choose to be content with where you're at. I love the way the Apostle Paul says this famous passage of Scripture, very popular passage of Scripture. Philippians chapter four, verse 11 says this. He goes, I'm not saying this because I am in need for I have learned to be content, whatever the circumstances. Let me read that one more time. For I'm not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content, whatever the circumstances. I've learned to be content. Being content doesn't just happen automatically. He says, I've learned to be content, whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. Anybody else here know what it is to be in need? Anybody know what it is to have plenty? I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. He says, I've learned the secret. Oh my gosh, what's the secret? I need to know the secret, Paul. How can I be content? Well, he gives us the secret sauce. And this is a very popular passage of scripture that we see all the time we hear it all the time but let's let's put it in its context this is what Paul is referring to here he says i can do all this through him jesus who gives me strength you want to know the secret to being content you got to rely on jesus he goes i can only be content i can only be content in need or with plenty, I can only be content. The only secret to my contentment is the fact that I can be, I am strengthened by the Lord to be satisfied and at peace with where I'm at. I am satisfied because of the strength of the Lord. I can do all this through him, meaning I can't do it in my own strength. You can try to tell yourself and tell yourself and tell yourself to be content. You can try to willfully place yourself in contentment. But that's you doing it in your own strength. He says, I can do all this through him who gives me strength. I choose contentment. I choose to be at peace in my circumstance. I choose to be at peace with where God has me today. Choose contentment. Choose to be content with your family. Choose to be content with your marriage. Choose to be content in the home God has placed you in. Choose to be content in the career God has you in this season. Choose to be content. Choose it. And if you're struggling this morning, go to Jesus. Turn to him, because it's only through him that you'll have the strength to choose contentment. But let's even go a step further. Not only must we choose contentment, but we also got to choose gratitude. We got to choose to be grateful. Choose to be grateful where God has placed you. Proverbs fifteen fifteen says this, as all the days of the oppressed are wretched, but the cheerful heart has a continual feast. Better a little with the fear of the Lord Than great wealth with turmoil. It's better to have a little and to fear God than to have great wealth and have inner turmoil. See, the problem is many of us, because of our discontentment, because of our comparison game, because of our coveting game, we have inner turmoil. And it expresses itself in a bad attitude because we're not grateful. But we must choose to be grateful. We must choose gratitude. We must choose it. But that can only be done with the strength that the Lord gives. With the strength that the Lord gives. In the Gospel of Luke, chapter 17, verse 15. Jesus has this encounter with 10 men who have leprosy, this skin disease. And they see Jesus and they they have an idea of who he is. They have an idea of what he can do. And so they see Jesus and they cry out to Jesus, Lord, have have pity on us. We We desire to be healed. And so Jesus sends them on their way. And as he sends them on their way, they start noticing that their skin is starting to clear up. They start noticing that the leprosy is starting to go away. They start noticing that healing is starting to take place in their lives and on their bodies. There was 10 of them that Jesus healed that day. But in verse 15, follow along with me. One of them, say one of them. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back. Praising God in a loud voice, he threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, we're not all ten cleansed. Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Full disclosure, at times when I read this passage of Scripture, I often place myself as the one who came back and gave thanks to God. When I read that passage, I'm like, yeah, I'm the one. I'm grateful, Jesus, for all you've done for me. I'm the one that would go back and thank you for my healing. I'm the one that would fall at your feet and give you praise. But if I'm honest with myself, Majority of the time, I'm one of the nine. I'm one of the nine that just keeps on walking. I got my healing. I got my salvation. I'm saved. Jesus, you saved me. I'm on. my, My eternity is secure I'm right with God, yes, and I'm one of the nine, and I keep on walking. And like the nine, there are seasons in my life where I'm ungrateful. And let me just throw this out there to you. As followers of Jesus, as followers of Jesus, as those who have received the greatest gift anyone could ever receive, the gift of salvation. As those who can walk as free people, as people with liberty. As followers of Jesus, to be quite honest, we should never have a bad attitude. Now, you may say, well, yeah, that's that's in a perfect world. But that's why every day we have to take on the mindset and we have to choose gratitude, even if even if you you don't like your present circumstances. Because you may be here this morning and say, you know what, it's, it's easy to say, be content in your circumstances when you really like your circumstances, but Chris, my circumstances are horrible. I don't even know how I'm gonna pay my bills next week. Chris, you don't know the diagnosis that I received last week. You don't know the news that I received last week and I feel horrible. And you're right. Everybody's circumstances are different. Everybody's situations are different. Some seasons are dark. Some seasons are great and blessed. But the one thing that has never changed for those of us that are in Christ Jesus is the fact that we've been made right with God. Your finances could be flatlined, but you've been made right with God. The news from the doctor could be devastating, but you've been made right with God. See, one of the simplest things for us to do if we want an attitude adjustment choose contentment and choose gratitude. Because see, when you know where God brought you from, when you know the road that you were once on, when you knew the destruction that was ahead of you in your life, when you knew that there was a season in your life where you were on your way to hell to be eternally separated from God, when you think on that, and now to see what Jesus has provided for you, and now to see that because of Jesus, we're right with God and because of Jesus, we're no longer on a road of destruction, but we are on a path to eternal life, That should make you grateful. Who cares what your bank account looks like? Who cares if your house is not as great as the person down the street? Who cares if your life maybe doesn't look as glamorous as the next person? But man, you've been made right with God. He has saved you. Your eternity is secure in Jesus. But unfortunately at times, we continue walking like the nine lepers who were healed. And Jesus is asking the question, wasn't there 10 of you? Where, Where are the rest? Didn't the other nine receive the same type of healing that you did? Didn't the other nine receive the same type of salvation that you did? This morning, we've got to choose contentment and choose gratitude. If we're going to reset our attitude. And I'll be honest with you, there are times in my life where I know I need an attitude reset. My wife will tell you. My family will tell you. You know what? Dad has a bad attitude today. Dad dad slammed the car door a little bit too hard that afternoon. We all have our moments. We all have those moments. But this morning, I want to challenge you. Identify those areas in your life where you were discontent. Identify those areas in your life where you find yourself comparing. Identify those areas in your life where you find yourself coveting what the next person has. And begin to kill those. And begin to think on the goodness of God. And how he saved you. How he delivered you, how he redeemed you. And how you are eternally secure with him forever. Choose an attitude of gratitude this morning. Let's stand to our feet.